Hey guys, and welcome to Goodversations, a collection of honest, deep dive conversations with talented voices in the theatre industry. My name is Alexandra, and I'm joined today by Marcus Harmon. In this episode, Marcus and I talked about pretty much everything, from not getting into drama school to making his professional debut in one of the most celebrated new shows on the West End, Dear Evan Hansen, which was recently nominated for seven Olivier Awards, including Best New Musical. For the rest of the season, each of our incredible guests are going to pick one topic out of a hat at random, and a large part of our conversation is then going to be a discussion around the topic that they've selected. So you'll hear people's thoughts on things like creativity, inspiration, failing forward, and lots more. Now, speaking about failing forward, that was actually Marcus's topic this week, and he shared some real gems with us, such as his personal thoughts on failure and success, whether he believes that all actors should be risk-takers, and how he navigates being in the public eye and in a musical that is so groundbreaking in terms of its structure and its subject matter. Be sure to follow Marcus on Instagram at marcus.harman and follow Goodversations for more episodes of this show. Here's my conversation with Marcus Harman. Marcus Harmon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk all about Darren Hansen. But first, let's start from the beginning. And I'd love to put 60 seconds on the clock. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I would love for you to tell me your life story okay. in one minute with as much detail as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, pressure yeah. at all. No pressure at all. Okay. And go. Okay. So I grew up in London. My grandparents run a theatre in the middle of the Cheshire countryside that used to be a farm. They're all a bit crazy. That made me crazy. And I loved art and music growing up. And I was a chorister and I sang. So I grew up singing. So that was sort of always there. But then when my voice broke, I thought I couldn't sing. So I started acting because I still needed attention. Um, and that was great. So I did that for a while. And I did like Shakespeare plays and contemporary plays and really fell in love with it. And then I discovered Sondheim and realised that you could act and sing. And then my voice sort of started developing as a tenor. And that was great. And then I thought I was going to go to university, but then decided to pull out all my applications and go to try to get into drama school. Didn't get into drama school. Then I decided I would try and be in this show that I loved because it came out when I was 17 and I thought it was incredible and I was like, hey, gotta get that B flat. So I sang Waving Through a Window for about every day for a year and then I got to see all these people had nine months 12 round audition process did that then got here and I'm now the alternate on Dear Evan Hansen as Evan Hansen twice a week at the North Howard Theatre great there we go <laughs> perfect and that is one minute great well done I feel like you took us on a journey yeah, 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 <laughs> you yeah. run through everything well done so I guess let's jump into it um, so is there a particular show or a performer that kind of ignited that passion for the theatre I think I mean, I've always been really excited by Ben Whishaw and all the sort of Shakespearean London actors that are really exciting. And I mean, very early on, sort of Gene Kelly singing in the rain, that was very formative. And then Mandy Patinkin and Sunday in the Park with George. And so I had my sort of three strands of classical musical theatre, classic British theatre, and then probably like this new Sondheim mix of the two that sort of promised sort of a world where you could explore a really exciting interesting script and then have these soaring incredible songs which I think is exactly what I have here amazing and you mentioned your grandparents as well yeah. having like a theatre company and a farm um, so what's about yes well they sort of 
run a theatre in the middle of absolute nowhere in the Cheshire countryside near Manchester. And um, they sort of started by doing sort of reviews of opera. So they, ha- I sort of grew up with this classical music and then they had other things that sort of would use their theatre and do different productions of things. Um, but that was so formative and growing up backstage at a theatre, helping out in the wardrobe department. I, at age five, I got to be a small part in one of them because they needed a young boy and I just happened to be there and it was just so magical and exciting and really made me fall in love with it. So it was kind of natural for you. Yeah, it was was sort of a natural progression but also because my entire family is knows how heartbreaking and difficult this industry was they were all begging me to do something else but it didn't Uh, work. You didn't listen. I didn't listen. Um, Fast forward to now you're doing a smashing job playing Evan Hansen twice a week in London so what does being an alternate mean just from like a theatre glossary point of view and then what does it mean to you in this role? Well in a sort of glossary term um, it means that I perform the very demanding lead role twice a week so that our lead Sam can continue to perform six shows a week and um, I get to also join this band of incredible understudies that support and save the show when um, our leads aren't capable of going on and so I'm sort of the first port of call and someone who gets to play the lead twice a week which is really exciting. I also cover two roles, Jared and Connor, as an understudy. Um, and then for me, it's such, been such an incredible experience. Um, the way I get to share this role with Sam, and he's been so open to sort of sharing this experience with me, and we got to go out to New York at the same time for our rehearsals. I mean, we, we both got flown out for a week where it was just us two to explore this role and get to know it. So from day one, I felt like I had that equal footing and equal exposure to what becoming this role would be like so it's been incredible so you mentioned new york so talk to me a little bit about that and meeting the broadway cast and what was that like for you well i have made some friends for life they are incredible and have really taken me under their wing and i'm visiting some of them later this year and i'm very excited um but we sam and i got flown out there and this was the first time i'd ever met sam um was in the airport um about to go and sort of have this incredible dream happen um we weren't allowed to meet the broadway cast because we they still hadn't announced that we were and the broadway cast were so excited about the west end show happening they were all desperate to know who we were and who we were going to play and so they didn't want to (laughs) risk them suddenly all following us on social media and then the fans figuring out that because it's followed us that we must be in the show and so we were sort of quarantined and told we weren't so we would walk past the music box theater every day in new york with the blue dear evan hansen sign and just (laughs) desperate to meet them and so the second week when it was announced and the rest of our cast all flew out we got to sort of mingle and see them and we had a get to know you evening and um some of them were really lovely and invited me to come um see the show and then walk on a Broadway stage for the first time with them after the show and it was just really oh my god incredible. how was that just walking on that stage I think crazy because I hadn't even walked on a West End stage yet so it That's was just right, yeah and also sort of a wonderful preemptive experience of going wow this is really about to happen in London for the first time Dear Evan Hansen is coming to London it was so exciting and you mentioned before as well that this was one of like your dream roles yeah. if not the dream role 
had you seen like any like bootlegs or any videos at all like before I'm sure you've studied them all I had listened to the album mm-hmm. on repeat for a very long yeah. time um, it, as I said it came out when I was 17 mm-hmm. and you know I was a very anxious 17 year old and could really relate to that story of sort of feeling like an outsider and feeling I don't know this show touched me in a way that I was really excited and also as an actor to see a role that's so rich and exciting Mm. and such a challenge and also gets you to explore vulnerability as a leading man it's so interesting and so rare so I was hooked and I never thought I'd be able to do it because uh, I mean age 17 there was nowhere I was going to be able to sing this and then it's kind of my voice grew and developed and then started finding the joy of singing this material and then I just knew this had to be mine so I, <laughs> I really hunted it down ah yes. oh, that's amazing so but where were you when you found out that you got this alternate Evan part well I sort of had a two-stage knowing I was part of the show right. and then knowing I was going to be the alternate because mm-hmm. I um I went out for I got flown out to New York for a final round audition my sort of 12th round of auditioning over nine months I was very anxious and jet lagged and really wanted them to like me and it was everyone I've ever idolized on that panel um and so they could see that how much I wanted it and how much I was sort of beating myself up in that audition and after it and so the next morning in JFK airport waiting to fly back to London they gave me a call and said we really want to put you out of your misery and tell you immediately that we want you to be a part of this company in some in some way Mm -hmm. but we haven't decided where all the pieces fit together yet so we definitely know you will be at least an understudy for Evan and I was like that's amazing that's so exciting I'm thrilled and then about two weeks later got a call clarifying that I would be the alternate and um I was in St Pancras station and I just wanted to scream um, it's it was like incredible. such a picturesque moment you were at JFK yeah. and you were in St Pancras <laughs> yes. and just like... always in places of travel always in... <laughs> oh, that's amazing who was the first person you told um I told my mother I called my mother um Actually, I called my mother when I found out I was the alternate, but when JFK Airport, the first person I called was my sister. I have a very good relationship with my with my parents and my sister, so I sort of called them all in, in sequence. I went, <laughs> got to call my sister, then I've got to call my mother, then I've got to call my father and make sure that they all know. And they were so thrilled for me. They'd all been so keeping their fingers crossed yeah. and trying to keep themselves distracted while I was in New York knowing I was auditioning and they were so so wonderful to me and I guess was it kind of tricky to get these like other interpretations of Evan out of your head because you mentioned you had listened to the cast recording yeah. and stuff so so that you could find your own version I think what is so exciting is I saw so many different iterations just going out to America we got to see the tour in Washington with Ben Levi Ross nice we got to see the alternate Michael Lee Brown at the time Lovely. and Andrew Barth Feldman the um incredible Andrew Buffett who's just finished his run as Evan on Broadway um and so we got to sort of see the breadth of the many different interpretations people could have so there was never one definite Evan and so it sort of released me to go okay it doesn't have to be the same as everyone else because everyone's different and even with Sam and myself our shows are 
really different. We bring something so different to the table. And I think our rhythms and our characterization and our where we sort of root our characters in the text and the show, we find different places, I think. I think we're, we're very different. Um, and I think that's really exciting for an audience to be able to come see a show at two different times in the week. And for our cast, I hope that they feel like it keeps it fresh and alive and exciting. We were given a lot of free reign by our director, Michael Greif, to sort of... He really wanted to make sure we made these characters feel organically like they came from us and that we were connecting with something we saw in Evan and therefore able to make it our own and really put our own stamp on the role. So let's talk about that. So who is your Evan? Like, what was the process like finding him? I think a lot of it was looking back to my teenage experience and sort of I I was so nervous for my family to come see the show the first time because I went there's going to be a lot of 16 year old Marcus in this show and you're going to sort of identify some of the idiosyncrasies and physicalization and I think um, he's such an optimist and the role gives you this incredible gift of being constantly in reaction to everything that's happening you sort of turn up there and you say today's going to be a good day and then everything happens to you and won't spoil anything but possibly disrupts that good day and um i think for me it was about finding a person who can remain that optimist and tackle those things and so it was a lot of my teenaging anxiety that inspired how I could ground it, but then my imagination as to how I could keep my head up and that sort of tenacious optimism of this character. Yeah, I think that's sort of how I found my Evan. And, you know, are there things you do, like specific things, whether in song or in scene, that you have like really crafted to your performance? Oh, that's so interesting. Um, I think it's so much based on my relationships with the people on stage. And I got a lot of rehearsal time with our understudy cast as well before I started doing it um, with the main cast. So I, even if someone else goes on, I have such rich relationships with everyone on stage. And I was so welcomed by our cast, which is such a well-oiled machine, even by the time I started working with them, that um, my relationships with them, I feel are the most personal and the things I've worked at to be special. And I think what define the show, I think my relationship with Lucy, who plays our Zoe, feels so individual to us. And her relationship with Sam feels so individual to them. And therefore, I think that's what really makes it a special show, is that collaboration on stage, where we sort of have made something together. Definitely. It's such a wonderful cast. Nicole as well. Yes. She's lovely. I saw her in Waitress, like, oh, fell in love. Yes. She's amazing. No, she's incredible. Um, yeah. So, but I guess I've heard this mentioned many times that Evan is perhaps one of the most kind of difficult, hardest roles to play in musical theatre. Um, and, you know, I've seen the show and I can certainly see why. But I'd love for you to kind of share some of the reasons why this role is so unique, but also what kind of makes it a little bit challenging for a performer. Yeah, um, it's a challenging show and a rewarding show for so many similar reasons. It requires a lot of you. It requires a very 
personal engagement with the text and with the audience and to be very vulnerable in a very public way. And also physically the show is so demanding of you that you barely leave the stage and you sing these incredible pop arias that test the top of your range, the bottom of your range, your falsetto. It is challenging and so rewarding because when you do those things and they pay off and the audience has understood why you've made every choice you make in Evan as Evan and understood your emotional, visceral experience as a human being on that stage, there's no feeling quite like it. And so, amazing, but I mean, I'm glad that I do it twice a week and therefore get to <laughs> save up my energy to do it. And especially because this role is so physically demanding as well as emotionally. So can we talk about the kind of physical aspect to it, you know, from the super fast speech to yeah. the mannerisms and like ticks and posture and all that. So how did you approach that? And is it physically taxing at all? I think the curse of playing a teenager on stage sometimes is that I end up hunched over and looking at a phone more than I possibly would want to. And um, I think we have we have an incredible team making sure we get physiotherapy if we need it, or and we do a sort of group stretch before the show and a warm up as a team and as a an ensemble, which is incredible to be able to sort of have that time to connect with your cast before the show. So we make sure that we're sort of doing the show safely, vocally and physically, and we sort of connect with everyone on stage before we do the show as well, which is, I think. A really wonderful That's a lot of support. practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think they are looking after us and making sure we can do the show physically. But um, sort of, I do my own things where I might have to go on vocal rest for a bit and I might need to steam and sort of look after my voice and drink the right teas and just, you know, check in. I don't drink alcohol, I avoid dairy, I do all the things I can to sort of look after myself. And I guess, you know, there's, as, as we just talked about, there's so many elements to the role yeah. and even, you know, that, that you have to look after your health so much and, yeah. you know, physiotherapists and all that. But what's the easiest part of playing Evan? What's the easiest part of playing Evan? Possibly my relationship with Lucy on stage. I think she makes it incredibly easy to fall in love with her time after time. She, we, I always say that my scenes with her feel so grounded and sort of, in the show you're always running (laughs) like from one scene to the next from light cue to light cue from scene to scene and belting these top things but only us and the orchard scene at the end and if I could tell her all these scenes where you just sort of stand and talk to someone and just kind of try to understand what they need and then sing a song that's in quite a comfortable range (laughs) and then sort of get to enjoy sort of that human that connection. Con- human connection. Yeah. She makes it. She makes it feel easy when it yeah. could be. It could be not easy. That's wonderful. She's wonderful, and She's the entire wonderful. cast is. Um, do you guys have any like cast traditions already, or anything you Ooh, do? Any cast traditions? Um, we all kind of get together in um, Rebecca's dressing room at the interval and have a little check in and a chat, and that's nice. And that's sort of a nice little tradition we have. Um, I think that's our main tradition. It's sort of our moments where in the show 
we find times backstage where we're near people to talk to people as ever yeah. you don't have that much time backstage though so <laughs> I can imagine um but even when you're not playing Evan yeah. you mentioned you understudy Connor and Jared yes. so have you had a chance to go on for these characters I have not yet had a chance to go on for Connor and Jared um but we're all sort of steadily working away at them I was luckily given a lot of time to focus on my Evan initially so I think they wanted me to sort of prioritise what I was doing twice a week and then yeah. more recently they've been really focused on getting me up to scratch on those two and then we'll see if I get a chance to go on in the new year but um, no, our cast has all been in very robust health <laughs> good, good, that's, that's very good but how often, that was going to be one of my questions so yeah. how does it work in terms of rehearsing the understudy parts when you're also the alternate? Yes, well we have... Um, an incredible set of sort of associate directors and musical directors who work at sort of during the show sometimes I'll go and run lines with the other understudies to sort of will test each other and sort of work on the show as well as run through harmony lines with our amazing associate musical director Chris Marr and um, sort of get up to scratch on those things and we have a dance captain um, in our show who sort of will help me go through my blocking and through the different movements in the different movement sections of the show such as you will be found and maybe through a window all these things so we, we are so well supported amazing and how do you keep these characters kind of separate in your head like what kind of methods do you have um, I think it's incredible they've written a set of three characters who are all so different and yet have this underlying insecurity and this want to sort of belong and so that feeling I think does sort of string the two to the three together but I think you sort of develop when you're working on these things a little switch to be able to sort of focus on who you're playing when I think the hardest thing was learning how to switch off the harmony lines in your head because yes. things like Sincerely Me where all three of the characters I play are singing the same song and doing a similar yet different dance routine is um, a sort of a bit of a mind boggle. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. And I've spoken with quite a few swings yeah. who, who you know, they can cover up to like 10 parts, I think. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like they have like books and everything. And like they, they it's just, I was like, yeah. memory is a funny thing. Memory is a funny thing. I do not know how to do this. <laughs> and like, I, I could never. Yeah. So kudos to you guys for like keeping it flawless and, you know. Oh, up to you. scratch um, well let's switch it up a little bit great so um, this season on a podcast our lovely guest is going to pick a little piece of paper out of a bowl at random that's going to have a topic on it and you know I have a bunch of talking points for every one of these so so there is science behind the madness but would you like to do the honors and take your pick I, I have them in this takeaway cup oh my god great so, shake them up and your topic is failing forward it was actually mary Kay ash you know the founder of mary Kay yeah. cosmetics <laughs> and she said we fail forward to success yeah and i thought that was so cool so what do you think she means by that i always say that i slightly failed forward because i didn't really think this would come into my life at the time that it did i think you can sort of plan for the future as much as you want but it's often the things you you think are going to happen to you that don't happen that allow the incredible things to happen such as I always thought I would go to drama school but then if I was at drama school I wouldn't be in this West End show right now exactly. and I sort of 
just I, I think that I've always grown through failure I think you learn so much more you learn more from failure than success and I think you know trial and error is the best is the best way and I um, I think the only way to succeed is to not be afraid of of it going wrong I mean you everything requires risk and so yeah fail forward and this is actually one of my favorite questions that I like to ask people do you think actors have to be risk takers because you mentioned risk. Just yeah, now. I think in I think you do. I think auditioning is a risk and taking on a role and performing in front of people is always has that element of risk and that's what gives you the adrenaline and that's what gives you that special moment with the audience where they feel like they've witnessed something special. I think to sort of know that there's a chance that something could go wrong is the thrill of live theatre. Yes. Um, and sort of, I don't know, picking yourself back up again when those things do go wrong is the most powerful thing. Apart from obviously getting the role of Evan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can you think of a time when impossible became possible for you? Impossible became possible for me. At every stage of my life, I think I always get in my own head and in my own way where I convince myself that I'm not capable of a certain set of things and whether that was my maths GCSE exam where I was convinced that I would never understand anything and I think it's so important to sort of push through that barrier and say okay well I'm not going to get better at something if I don't push at it and work at it and accept the failure for now so that I can accept the success later I think it's scary to as you said, this theory of risk. I don't know. I'm trying to... Throughout my life, like, the different things, whether it's sort of singing and when my voice broke and I didn't think I could sing again, I thought that wasn't ever going to be in the cards for me and I sort of had to work to get it back. And when I sort of discovered acting for the first time and sucked at it for a while and then sort of started discovering things that worked and finding the truth. And I think it is such a lesson that you put in your hours and you you fail and fall on your face a hundred times before you succeed has sort of been the same story in my life through school, through relationships, through friendships, you know, mm -hmm. you, those friendships who you have major falling outs with and then you find your way back to each other and you find your way to apologize. And those things all sort of, I think are my examples of how you fail forward and sort of, bring those things back into your life <laughs> amazing and and i second everything you said because even for me like starting this podcast i never thought i would do it yeah i never thought i could do it just, <laughs> and that's the message we like keep repeating in our heads yes. so many times yes. and it's just and i think it's just taking that leap of faith because yeah. so many doors open once you yes. do because like, being open to failure is the most liberating liberating thing absolutely so but how do you actually tying with the theme of the show how do you deal with what others say about you whether it's online or in person so I tend not to observe what people say about me online I think that it's not good for me <laughs> um, so I, I I never really have engaged in what what was quite nice is we had such a positive response to our show in general and people sometimes send me messages and sometimes I sort of see them and try to be friendly and respond if I've noticed it. There are lots of positive elements and what was great is sort of because the reviews were all about Sam I could enjoy the positive response to our show without mm -hmm. 
then thinking I then had to maintain whatever I was doing that was causing this positive reinforcement and sort of if you believe the positive things you have to believe the negative things and if you read all of them it's just going to hurt your brain so I think for me that's not really something I can engage with but Mm -hmm. the positive response and sort of the physical people and the the way they react at the end of the show and the sort of audible reactions are all I mean so reassuring and empowering and exciting but I'm not very good at (laughs) not being affected by what people say and think and it's something I'm really working on I think we all are it's it's so hard taking the positive and the negative like you have to navigate it constantly almost I think what's been so exciting about I think my main fear in being an alternate was some kind of comparison between well I mean even just being an Evan there's a comparison between all of us across the globe from the tour to the Broadway cast to the original Broadway cast to everyone everyone's sort of so aware of the the role and the sort of home of incredible actors who've had a chance to do it and I think what's been so incredible is that people are so open to us doing it differently and doing it our way and celebratory that Sam and I are doing a good job but we're (laughs) like we're so different and I think that's so exciting and exciting for us that we can sort of we can do this side by side in such different ways and have such a wonderful response from a broad range of audience members. It's so exciting. Yeah. How do you define success? How do I define success? Oh, these are all things I'm really <laughs> struggling with at the moment. I feel, I mean, so I'm 20, so this is all very early to be in a West End show. Yeah. <laughs> very exciting. And um, a lot of my friends are all still sort of in training and in university. And so I do feel incredibly lucky and successful and fulfilled and I think for me my success comes from the fact that I'm in a show where I feel challenged and proud and fulfilled by the show I'm in and I think if I was in a big blockbuster film or something that was sort of skyrocketing my career and gave me more followers on social media and just sort of was a completely different experience if it wasn't a show that I believed in wholeheartedly or had fought so hard to be a part of I don't think I'd feel as successful as I do here so that's sort of how I measure my success is am I proud of it is it fulfilling and I'm trying to get better at making it about the experience and the people rather than the numbers or the sort of I mean we are a sell out sold out (laughs) brilliant big show on the West End that people are excited to be seeing excited to be here but even if we were performing to an empty auditorium struggling to sell tickets I'd be proud of what this show means and is and therefore would feel successful it's all about the work you know? yeah. it's putting in the hours and being nice to people while you yeah. do it um, definitely you did mention that, that this is your West End debut yes so I'd love to know what did you think being on the West End would be like and what is it actually like that's so interesting um, so this is sort of my first professional audition in any capacity this is my first West End show it's 
I think I was... I think I expected something magical would happen, where suddenly I would step onto a West End stage and it would feel different than any other stage I'd previously been on. And quite comfortingly, (laughs) um, it felt like any other stage. And that's so good. It's in that, you know, it's a group of people. It's a group of individuals. You're grouping to sort of a thousand of one person (laughs) and telling them a story. And it was a lot easier and then the community has exceeded my expectations the theatre itself has become sort of a second home to me where these people are so willing to share their knowledge and be supportive and sort of enjoy the whole process and the journey with with you and with everyone it's incredible it's surpassed my expectations of how generous and kind people in the theatre can be. And um, lastly, because you're still 20, so you have a long career ahead of you, we all have those moments when we kind of go, I wish I would have known this like so so many years ago. Um, So similar to what Evan, I guess, does in the show, if you could send a letter to your younger self and you could share kind of one piece of advice, you can pick any age, um, what would the letter say? I think... I would probably write a very similar letter that I would then write to Evan, aged sort of 16, 17. A sort of letter telling myself that the stakes aren't as high as I think they are and good things are coming and I don't have to worry about getting... I I just always felt like I was being left behind and that I would always need... I just wanted the future to happen so quickly and I think... I was so afraid of something like this not happening that I almost got in the way of it happening. (laughs) So I would say to sort of be patient and to be less hard on myself at that age. I think you get... People are going to be difficult enough and tear you down enough. You don't need to tear yourself down all the time. And I think believe in myself quietly and confidently and just not be in such a rush to get there. (laughs) Trust the process and good things will happen. Yes, yes. Final lightning round. Amazing. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. What game are you really good at? The the, the heads up, they have a musical theatre version of that and I'm really good at that. Oh my gosh, amazing. Uh, What's your favourite way to waste time? I like to go to um, walk along South Bank. That's how I waste time. That's exploring. That's not yeah. wasting time. Is that not wasting time? <laughs> I, I like to walk along South Bank, go to the National Theatre and read in their bookshop. It's great. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> book recommendation. Book recommendation. Um, I'm saying this to everyone because my favourite book is Wuthering Heights. And recently um, I got given an edition of Wuthering Heights by an incredible fan that is beautiful. So my book recommendation this week is Wuthering Heights. Amazing. Podcast recommendation. Podcast recommendation. So I got really into like different crime podcasts. I like true crime. But um, currently there's these two comedians in New York who have a podcast called Las Culturistas. That's really great fun and really funny. Amazing. Uh, What have you been a fan of for forever? Sunday in the Park with George. That's my that's my major fan moment for that show. When people come to you for help, what do they usually want help with? Recently, people have been coming to me with a lot of relationship advice, which is very odd because 
I'm not great at that in my own life, so why? I don't know. I think it's one of those things where, like, if you're not in a relationship, you can help people with their relationships. Yes. So I think so that's... So being on the outside yeah, of being... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Perspective. <laughs> um, I'm the same. Um, Instagram versus Twitter. Instagram, because I've been on it longer, but I just joined Twitter and I'm trying to figure it out. What's, like, one random fact about you that we wouldn't know oh. if not for this conversation? When I was a child, I wanted to be a tailor really badly and I used to make waistcoats um, I begged my parents for a sewing machine and I made waistcoats I used to study fashion design great so I'm like yes yes no I was like introduced to Alexander McQueen at a very young age and like thought that was exactly what I wanted to be and then I started and then this singing. acting thing this, happened. This like, acting yeah. thing happened. And the I, rest is history. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, Marcus Harman, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. This was lovely. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. It would help me tremendously if you could take 10 seconds of your time and just screenshot this interview and post to your Instagram stories because that means that more people will be able to find this interview and get to hear Marcus's thoughts on the industry and so much more. I hope you guys have a wonderful week wherever you are and I'll talk to you again next Monday.